Welcome to the What's Literacy Got to Do With It podcast, a podcast for exploring all things literacy in Quebec and beyond. Literacy is more than knowing how to read and write. It's also about empowering each other and yourself to thrive throughout all aspects of our lives. We're your hosts, Jamie Cudmore and Chris Shee. Let's get to it. Everybody, we are here for season seven, episode Jamie, episode Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, episode five. In fact, we're season nine, episode five. We are. Yeah. How are you going? I am good. I can't believe we're near the end of well, the middle of June, and yep. so much is happening. It's nice Flying. and sunny. How are you out there in Australia? We are down under. You're up over. I'm yeah. down under. We're, we're doing. We're pretty wet and wild here. The the weather is uh, wet and uh, windy, and and uh, it's uh, it's in the middle of uh, Australian football season. So oh, everybody's uh, you know a little <laughs> no, footy. But, uh, it is, but uh, no, it's it's great, and um, you know the the beaches are still good even in winter. <laughs> well, so. can't complain about that. <laughs> What do we have up for today on this episode? Yeah, let's let's rock and roll. Um, we're, we're tapping into our creativity, Jamie. Mm-hmm. So, the the guests that we have on today are, are really awesome guests, obviously, and they're going to be ta- teaching us about about how we can do that and how we can learn or relearn how to tap into our creative world um, to to live our best life. So, I guess without further ado, I, I should hand it over to you to uh, introduce our first. Yes. Yep. So up today we have Linda Sparks, and then later on the second interview will be Rowan Higgins. You might have seen Rowan uh, help us celebrate mm-hmm. Adult Learners Week uh, a couple of months ago. But first, Linda Sparks. Linda Sparks is a listener who reached out to us to talk about digital literacy and lifelong learning. So we're very excited to have her on the podcast. I got to speak with Linda. And uh, a little bit about Linda before we get into the interview. Linda started her journalism career writing articles for the Aylmer Bulletin and the West Quebec Post, including her own weekly column entitled Faces of West Quebec. Uh, And it won second place in the reader's poll as the most read column. So uh, Linda's a seasoned writer. She's also worked in the film industry and even worked on a Rolling Stone music video. That's really interesting. But Linda is a lifelong learner and she has recently written her first fictional novel called A Pair of Brothers for Middle Grade Readers. Linda talks about her journey becoming a writer and journalist in Western Quebec. We discuss the importance of lifelong learning, especially with the learning of a language and continuously developing digital literacy skills. So let's get to it. Hey, welcome everybody. I am joined by a special guest, Linda Sparks today. Welcome, Linda. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you reached out to us. Well, my name is Linda Sparks and I was born in uh, Ottawa, Ontario, and I lived there all my life till I met my husband and then I moved over to the Quebec side. So now I'm in Elmer, Quebec. It's actually the city of Gatineau. I'm, um, I'm a mom. I have three grown children. We're so excited that you're here, Linda. You reached out and with a question about digital literacy, but first, before we jump into to that, I'll just ask you, why did you become a writer? You sent us a beautiful bio about the work that you've done in journalism, you've worked in film, you recently did a comic book workshop and developed a, a book. 
it's exciting to hear about. Can you tell us about your journey to become a writer? Well, I think the journey as a writer started when I was about 11 now, because before this accident, I ended up in the hospital now. So I was there for three weeks, and it was very dull and boring. <laughs> so whenever my family came to visit or the nurses or the doctors, I always made up like a little story about how my day was going. And I would always just show that to the people, and they always said, oh, that's very nice. You should be a writer. Aww. Uh, I got home after that, and uh, I kept writing little stories and that. And then I got into school, and I just made my stories a little bigger and bigger. And then I thought, well, I'd like to reach out, because right now I'm just writing fiction that, but I'd like to re- write about the world, because I'm interested about the world. And I also like to share my thoughts on the world. So I just continued writing all this time. And presently now at the moment, I just finished um, doing a, a middle grade manuscript. It's about uh, 50,000 words, but I have to edit it and bring it down to about 40,000 words. And that was a big challenge for me, too, because I never wrote a novel before, but I always wanted to be a novelist. And I also would like to be published traditionally in Canada (laughs) in the publishing houses, because nowadays with the digital media and that, you can do that online yourself. You can self-publish yourself. So there's always the pros and cons with that. And I'm at that stage right now. But I did do, as you said, I did do script writing. I did do uh, theater pieces. Um, one of the scripts that I did write did get um, option one time. I mean, when you say option, that means a producer picks it up and says, oh, I like this very much. I'd like to get it more developed. So you option it out for about a year or two. And then the producer has that amount of time to go up to see if they can get funding for it. Unfortunately, it was a very good script. It was a Canadian story, but it didn't get the funding in that. But the experience itself was really good, just writing the script and having to go back and edit it and develop these characters and bring them from the page onto the screen. So after I did that for film industry, I then decided to do, well, I like theater. I always did like theater too, because that's telling a story, but with visuals and that. So then I wrote a couple of small theater pieces and I um, sent them out also. They didn't get picked up, but they got good feedback in that. So that was good to know. But I'm always trying to challenge myself in uh, the category of writing in that, because I don't think a writer should just be like, oh, I'm just a fiction writer and that's all it is. I think that we should try different things. And I find with the internet, you can search a lot of things and you can also find stories online and you can also think of those stories and they could be something somebody wrote about. I don't know, my cat did something interesting or something like that. And then uh, you can just take that story and you can build a whole world around it. And it can be uh, fictional and it can be fun. It could be for adults or for children. And I like that. A lot. So I like to challenge myself a lot. If you get too comfortable in your comfort zone, then you don't challenge yourself. And then you don't expand your world. And you don't go out there and find out what things are available for you. Like the internet was a wonderful thing. 15 years ago, I would have never, you would have said to me, oh, at one point, Linda, you're going to create content for a podcast and all that. And then you're going to be up on the internet. I would have said, no way. (laughs) Impossible. Because I I came to um, I came to reading at a very late age. I started to read about uh, the age of 11 and that. And uh, but because before that, I just found it, it was too much of a struggle. I was always discouraged. And at one point, I picked up a book because a friend passed it on to me. I found the book was interesting. And since then, I've been reading books in both French and English all my life. I have two libraries here. One's all English books and the other library is all French books. And I just read them over again or I share them with friends. Or I I joined a book club or something like that because the reading is important because you need to know what you're reading in order to make a good decision, right? Mm. So if I if I want to go online banking and that, I have to know 
what it says on the screen. I have to understand it. And then I have to follow the instructions in that. Previous to that, I would just go to a bank. <laughs> I'd say hello to the teller. Here you go. Here's my check or something like that. But nowadays, we have um, you know e-banking and we have e-commerce and that. So it makes it a lot easier to go online and just fill in the form and say, okay, well, I'd like a direct deposit or something like that, or I'd like to do an e-transfer. But all these things I just learned in like about the last two years. And uh, it's because I went online, I looked these things up, and then I was too maybe shy to ask somebody for questions like, how do you mm-hmm. do this? Mm-hmm. But luckily, I have a husband who's a computer programmer, so he's into the computers, and my three adult children would show me what to do too. And so I thought, okay, this is really cool. It just makes things a lot easier. For me, I don't have to go out as much, but I can check my bank account now. I don't have to go into town. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it goes back to reading. You, you have to be able to read what's on the screen. So I'm glad I took up the reading at 11, even though it was a late time to, uh, to learn to read in that. And I'm glad that I could read in both languages also, because it's always a different scenario in the two different languages of that. And you pick up a lot of different culture. Mm. And because... Um, because I read in French, the books are also interesting because you can pick up European uh, writers and their French and their way of expressing themselves is different than I find how you express yourself in Quebec or if you're Quebec or Quebecoise, because I read their books also. They're very interesting in French. So I just think reading opens the world to you. You don't even have to travel. You just need to read a book and then you have a pretty good idea wow. yeah. about a location or a culture, a language or music, and then you can go look it up on the Internet. You're making some really good points because uh, we had a uh, interview with a group of adult learners in March. It was International Women's Day. We talked to a publisher and you're making all of these nice little connections between the last few conversations that we've had on the podcast. Even though it can be a struggle to learn, you were saying that you learned to read a bit later as a child at 11 and you picked that up and then then that brought you to reading in multiple languages. And that also brought you to writing in multiple formats. And now it sounds like you've also started pushing yourself to learn more and ask more questions about digital literacy. And so it's the spirit of lifelong learning. It sounds like it's something that you value. That's what I'm hearing. And it's really important. As you're saying, it opens up if you, if you can read and you can um, have some critical thinking skills, if you can ask questions. And if you can be uh, courageous and curious, it, it, it really brings a lot to your life. But I'm saying I just find with the Internet and like right now, this is Zoom. This is probably maybe my third or fourth Zoom session. And, you know, I'm getting used to it and I'm beginning to enjoy it. Before I was like very, oh, my God, like, will I see the person? Or mm-hmm. Will I mm-hmm. be able to connect with a phone you know, <laughs> uh, drop or something or the Internet get a little uh, spotty sometimes or something like that? But the more you use the technology, the more comfortable you get with it. And it becomes almost like another part of your every day. Like in your case, I'm sure you use Zoom quite a lot mm-hmm. all during, <laughs> yeah. during your work week and you're quite comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and because of our situation now, more people are using the Zoom, but they're finding more creative ways of doing it. I mean, there's some people who are teaching courses online. Like when I took the, the comic book course with Kate, that was like, that was a big challenge for me right because i was speaking to uh, Haley campbell and she's with the um regional association of west quebecers and that and she's the outreach and uh, communication coordinator and she said oh there's this course coming up and i said in person she said no online i went mm. as soon as they said online it was like oh i don't know okay right and then she said well you can look it up and you can look up the, the, um, the person giving the workshop 
So again, I went on the internet and I looked it up and I looked up Kate's website and I thought, oh, this is fantastic, the work the woman is doing in that. So then I signed up and then I said, oh, would I be able to talk to Kate before? Just to tell her I'm a little nervous with the Zoom and that. And it was fine. We communicated through uh, email and that. And then uh, the first time Kate came on, we hit it off very, very well. Like I was very comfortable and I enjoyed it. And then more classmates came in and I met them virtually. But oddly enough, about three of them lived in my area. Oh, wow. That's a nice coincidence. Yes, because then I went, oh, look, people I can connect up with later on for a coffee. Right. But I didn't know they were all in my area because Kate herself is based in Montreal. And I'm here in Gatineau. And so when everybody came on board, we thought everybody spread all over. But uh, like I said, three yeah. of them were from this area. So I thought, hey, that's fantastic. I would have never met them online had I not gone online. And then the course that I took was really, really fun because um, the way Kate explained it, she would be talking to us and then we'd have like a screen and she would be showing examples on the screen. And I thought, well, that's going to be a challenge, too. I don't know if I can you know, hit a button or something or anything. Yeah. But actually, I didn't have to do anything, Kate had everything all prepared. So it was very well done. So I thought in the future, if I have to do a course or something, and if I could do it in person, fine. But if I have to do it online, I'll do it online. No. I'm just more comfortable with it. But at first, because it's new and we're not sure about it, mm-hmm. we don't want to question it too much or we don't want to look silly. But if you reach out to people, everybody's there and they all want to share. And they all want to help you get online and to have a very good experience, which I had so far. So that's, that's a very, very positive thing. Oh, I'm I'm really happy for you. And just it's very encouraging to hear that even though you were nervous at first, you you tried and then you, even you were a bit uncomfortable. You sat with this discomfort. You reached out to the people around you to, to help. Um, I think that's a wonderful message uh, for our listeners to if something's uncomfortable, maybe seeking the support around you, but then finding that there's support that you didn't even know existed. <laughs> and that's a really good um alignment it's in really good alignment with uh, the services that many of our member organizations provide to adult learners across Quebec Kate's workshop was outside of that but it just speaks to the the values and the care that many people in this uh, space particularly in literacy or mm-hmm. in any sort of creative pursuit they want to help people to be engaged and and pursue these types of learning experiences so thank you for sharing that it's exciting to hear that you've recently come into talking about learning digital literacy. Let's step back, though, and talk about your book, your manuscript that you're writing. It's called A Pair of Brothers. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? What, what is it about? And what do you hope for it? Well, it's about two young brothers that live in a little uh, town with their little single mom. And um, they get picked on a lot because they don't know who their father is. And their father's mm-hmm. not in their life and that. So they're always questioning, who's our dad? Who's our dad? And so they get teased a lot in the schoolyard. But the one thing that unites the two boys together, which would be Andy and Tommy, is that they love to play hockey and that they want to go be players in the National Hockey League. They want to be superstars, right? So they go out in a little pond in the back and they play hockey and they just, you know, they they only got one pair of beat up skate, pair of rubber boots, Hmm. and they just play against each other. And they spend a lot of time together in that. But then later on, you have the um, social worker that comes in and starts you know, um, inquiring more about the family because Tommy acted up at school. The principal called in the social aid workers. So you see from Andy's point of view, where he's going, oh, I don't like this. Why don't they just leave us alone? And then later on, the mom meets a nice uh, gentleman. They marry. So suddenly the boys have a stepdad. So they have to get used to their stepdad. So Mm. Andy likes them. Tommy doesn't. (laughs) And then later on, another gentleman comes by and he's a hockey scout. And by this time, the boys are in organized hockey and that. 
So um, Andy has very good skills. So he's being looked at from a different uh, hockey scouts now. But this one hockey scout knows something more about Andy. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Ooh, cliffhanger there. <laughs> yeah. Middle grade is for middle grade ch- children and not. And when I first started out, I had it at about 50,000 words. And then I, um, I workshopped it. So I went to different writer, writers groups in person before it was in person that. And they read it and they looked it over and they said, oh, well, maybe this, maybe that. So I took some of their suggestions. I came back. I worked on it. I tweaked it. And then I sent it out. So I queried it. I sent it out. And here's the interesting thing. Most of it was sent online. So I had to use the Internet. Mm. There's no more put it in the mailbox and send the self-addressed envelope. So this is interesting also. A lot of it was sent um, electronically uh, with the Internet or you had to fill in a form. So now you know why it's important to understand what you're reading also. Yeah. Because the forms ask different things. They ask your background, a bio, send us three examples, uh, where else were you published and so forth. So I found that very interesting because more and more of the agents, the literary agents were going online. And then they had a presence online too. So then you can go look them up and say, okay, well, it's the middle uh Middle age, I'm not going to send it to young adults. So that simplified it also. Plus, it cut, cut down on costs and milling things away. So it was, that was interesting. And then I got some very interesting feedback, which is good because you don't usually get too much feedback. It's usually thank you, but doesn't fit our, we're booked or something. But I, I did get uh, some very good feedback. And one of the feedbacks was it's a very good story. It's very nicely written, but um, maybe you just want to cut a few words out. Okay. <laughs> because children nowadays, when they read, they like to read a lot quicker than what I used to read when I was a young child. So because nowadays, again, with the internet and children picking up and learning to read faster, they're going to read it, but it might not necessarily be in a book form. It might be electronically. It might be an ebook. Hmm. So that right. is me too. <laughs> right. Everything is changing. So even though I'm traditional and old school, everything where I'm applying now and where I'm applying my different skills, it's all on the internet. So the digital literacy is very important and it keeps becoming more important than that. So I think at the age of 62, it's pretty good that I'm learning this slowly at my own pace, but I encourage everybody, no matter what your age is, pick up a book, <laughs> pick up a newspaper, just start reading really slow. If you're having difficulties, centers where they help you read and just take it from there. And the more you practice, it's like everything you do in life. The more you practice, the more comfortable you will be. And then someday you'll be online or maybe, I don't know, <laughs> it'll be all attached to your wrist and you won't need a computer like this or anything like that. Yeah, but it's maybe. interesting to see where technology is going. Yeah, it is. And something that's coming to mind as you're talking, you're saying you're going, you went to writers groups to get feedback. You're putting yourself out there and learning a new skill to, to send out your manuscript electronically. And then you get more feedback, uh, but you have to, navigate new things and get all this feedback. Uh, I think that's a scary thing to a lot of people. Putting yourself out there, get a critique maybe about the work that you've put so much energy and time in. And then also then figuring out how to navigate a new system to send out this uh, manuscript and then receiving more feedback. What encourages you out of that instead of um, uh, discourages you? Because I, I could imagine myself being like, oh, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I'm worried about getting like criticized or what they might think about me. But it seems like you uh, take that as encouragement. How do you do that? 
Well, I think as a writer, you have to accept that. That's part of being a writer. It's if you want to be a writer and be out there and be published, you have to put your, your work out there. Now, not everybody's going to like it. Mm-hmm. And then other people are going to love it. And everybody's always going to comment on it. So you just have to accept it as it is. And that's just, it's part of just being a writer, I find. But I know a lot of people, when I'm in the different writing groups now, they have very wonderful material. And we're always encouraging them to send it out, but they themselves are shy because they say, oh, no, I don't think it's good enough yet or I'm not ready. Or I just know I don't want the criticism or something like that. Because myself, I'm not on um, I'm not on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I don't have a cell phone, but that's my choice. Yeah. <laughs> but I think all those uh, mediums are wonderful mediums in that. So a lot of times people are online and so they're communicating with so many people, they're networking with so much that sometimes maybe... There's positivity out there, but maybe a little negativity. So that might be holding them back also. I think mm. maybe some people are saturated a bit, I think, with their different uh, social medias. Whereas I'm not on social media yet, but I was thinking of doing WordPress. Now, that's my next challenge for me <laughs> because I hear it's very simple. It's a, a lot more simpler than putting up a web page. So I always have this drive to try something different because I I want to expand myself. I want to be knowledgeable. I want to be able to go into cafe and say, oh, yeah, I tried this WordPress. Have you tried it? And that's the beginning of a conversation, right? Or even to write about my experience, even if I were to blog it to say, well, I tried this one time and it just blew up on me, but that's okay. Ha, ha, ha. I'll try again. I always try to keep the positivity in it because, because we're humans and we're sensitive. But there's always challenges. And the challenge is if you rise to them, if you succeed, good. If you don't succeed, that's okay. At least you try. So at the end of the day, I can't say, oh, my book's sitting in a shelf. I should really send it out to somebody, but I didn't. At the end of the day, I can say, oh, this is my third rejection letter, but it's very nice. Thank you. (laughs) And I'll think about the suggestions they made. And it's only understandable because it's a very large industry, the publishing industry, if you go the traditional way. If you go the way now we can publish it yourself, that's like like a couple clicks away and you're done. Your book's out there and everything. But there's different challenges to that. But I think just trying, that's the important thing. The word is to try. Just try something. Get out of your comfort zone and just experiment with it. Because then you can connect with other people. Like when I go back to the writing group, I say, hey, did you try this? I tried WordPress. Really cool. You can do this. You can do this. Or somebody will come back and say, oh, well, I write my story, but I write it online because there's some... online programs to write it. You can get them down free. You download them. And I'm going, what's download? What's that word? But I know what it is now. But in the past, somebody said, download me. I'm like, blank. (laughs) Then I was missing information and I was missing connecting with the people because of my, either my shyness or I don't want to know what it is, but I was determined to say, okay, what is a download? I must go look that up. And I have, and, and now I feel more comfortable with it. It's the idea of getting comfortable with the technology too, right? I love that. It's, as we said before, I think it's really showing us what lifelong learning is and the importance of it. And it sounds like writers are lifelong learners because you have to keep trying or not. Like it's, it's really, it's really great to hear that you are, you are putting yourself out there and it's a great lesson for me to hear. We're coming close to the end of our time, but I wanted to ask if you had any advice that you would like to give or any final thoughts that you'd like to share. Well, I'd like to tell everyone who's listening, who's capable of listening in that, no matter where you are learning about either um, improving your reading skills or trying a different language or learning a language or 
uh, getting up on the internet and challenging yourself more so that you don't have to pick up the phone and say, son, come over here, do something for me. <laughs> Just try to learn it on your own at your own pace and in, within your own comfort zone. And if you're having lots of difficulty, I strongly recommend that you go to one of the organizations that helps to teach you to learn. And then after you're comfortable with reading, then you can go on the computer. There's courses for that. People are offering that also. So it's the digital literacy we're talking about now. Follow up with that. And then after that, just go out, explore the world and have a good time. Linda, thank you so much for sharing your advice and your experiences and your enthusiasm and encouragement with us. I really enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Next up, we had, oh, well, actually, I had a chance to speak with awesome poet Rowan Higgins, who recently actually came into LQ and celebrated Adult uh, Learners Week with us this spring. And uh, we set up the studio down there at LQ and she came in and, and read a whole bunch of awesome poems and mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, we had some great response to, to that event as it was all online and through Facebook Live and everything. And and uh, so, you know, check check out, uh, we'll, we'll definitely put Rowan's uh, links and, and, and um, uh, contact information in the notes of this podcast so that you can reach out to her because uh, I'm, I'm just about to read out exactly what what she is i mean mm-hmm. she's she's got so many hats it's amazing rowan is, a, is an award-winning spoken word poet an educator a dynamic speaker absolutely uh, certified impact coach and a mental health first aid facilitator she's the founder of the elevated creative uh, her mission is to elevate audiences with important life skills such as self-care resilience leadership cultural identity creative literacy and community well-being so amazing eh? Uh, in this conversation i I got a chance to you know i i I hope our listeners are going to learn or relearn in inverted commas um you know what what rowan's talking about uh, is as the art of using your imagination and opening up the creativity that you have inside of yourself to live your best life and rowan's one of rowan's goals is to uh, reintroduce or, or get creativity back into school curriculum, and and start it at an as a, at an early age. And really, she goes through the, the the benefits of you know what tapping into your creative side actually means, and and bringing out that creativity. And and it's more than just dancing and and you know painting and and kind of you know um, sitting there meditating or what have you. There's there's a lot more benefits to to tapping into your creative self. And so uh, so I really hope you enjoy this conversation and uh, listen up. Let's get to it. Well, Rowan Higgins, we are so excited to have you on What's Literacy Got to Do With It? And we know that you've been involved with Literacy Quebec in recent times and so forth. But can you introduce yourself to all of our listeners that may not know who Rowan Higgins are? Sure. It's a pleasure to be here. First of all, thank you for having me. So, yes, my name is Rowan Higgins, born and raised in Montreal. I am passionate about the power of words and, of course, I'm a creative evangelist, so uh, a spoken word artist. I'm about cultural and community well-being in all aspects. And, um, yeah, spoken word artist, a mother of an 18-year-old educator with the MSB for over 22 years. Feels like plus tax, but I guess it can't include because of pandemic. And uh, what else can I say? I just love connecting people and bringing them to, you know, helping them be their best selves, but especially knowing that they're created to create. 
Amazing. Because you're a poet, a speaker, a coach, and everything else. <laughs> so so you, you've been able to um, navigate your world and offer creativity. I, I was reading on your website that you know, creativity is is something that you you believe is the is the essence. It's there's a, there's an essence there. Or there, creativity is just such a, a huge part of our existence. But it's but it's not fostered. You said so. Do you want right. to kind of expand a little bit on that? For sure. So I do say it's also therapy of a lifetime. It's an outlet that um, I wish I knew earlier. Like I knew it. I was living it, but it wasn't cultivated. It wasn't fostered by others around me, per se. Um, I mean, let's let's be real. Young people nowadays have more access. There's more residencies in schools where they can um, explore art. At the same time, there's been a lot of cutbacks in schools. So you know, it's but there's there's outside activities, and I just really my my um, how should I say my manifesto or my my mission is to get uh, creativity cultivated and weaved into our our schools. Get it back into our you know, um, you know, hit up to the Ministry of Quebec and be like, hey, uh, you know, can we can we get this back into schools and cultivate it in, in make it a mandate, basically, because I believe creativity is finding solutions. It's using our imagination and ideas to make an impact in the world on such a bigger level. That's what creativity is to me. It goes beyond the arts or the creative arts as people see creative creativity as an outlet of drawing and painting and dancing. But it is so much more. Yes, isn't it? And I guess, can you explain what what the the positives or the the benefits or maybe maybe the the curriculum or people just don't understand how you mentioned the impact you know but what what is the impact or what what is the the benefits and the of creativity and the and and what what can it do for us humans you know yeah for sure i mean i'll give the most recent example on a universal level that we've all experienced like the pandemic Creativity has been able to sustain so many of us, whether people are binging, people are reading articles or looking at art. I think nature in itself is a reflection of creativity, you know, Um, and that's why I would say we are created to create. We are designed to uh, innovate and see things and, and, and modify it and make it better or improve. Right. And when I even say solutions, someone could be even having an argument or not seeing eye to eye and someone who's able to mediate. That is creativity. Someone who's an innovator or an inventor. That's creativity. Whoever came up with a pen, you know, it's like, hey, you know, it'd be really cool. We didn't have to have a quill and, a, you know, it's part of ink and do this. And then they came out with this. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> that's a beautiful True. thing to be able to create, finding a solution to a problem that used to exist. And we do that every day. It's like, how can I get someone to understand what I may be feeling? Uh, want to convey a certain message and leave them with something. And that's what writers do. And, and um, painters, I want to leave you with an emotion or tell you a story. Uh, I want to make an impact. I want to, you know, pull you left and pull you right, you know? So it's influence. And that's the power of, I say, power of words or power of the arts, um, power of solving problems. You know, you, you can do one decision, be creative and impact the world, literally like the butterfly effect, you know? And I think that's so powerful. Mm, it is. I mean, you came to Literacy Quebec recently and you, you um, shared your, your poetry, you read, you read some poems and, and so forth, but also, uh, you came in and and spoke at an event at Literacy Quebec and and yeah. so forth. So that was you, uh, you know, with your butterfly effect, sharing sharing your creativity and 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 uh, hopefully impacting and influencing others to to maybe crack open that that creative those juices flowing as as we say. I right. Guess. right yes. um, do you do you want to do you want to share a, 
a bit with us about your reading of the poetry in, at Literacy Quebec, as well as uh, your speaking engagement that you did recently? Well, yes, I think it's, um, it, it was powerful for me because one, I'm not just a, I just don't, I don't, I'm not such a regular, I say regular, but I'm not just a poet in the sense of just writing. So my authorship is not there. So for those poets, that's what makes them amazing. Their writing is rich um, from their metaphors, alliteration, and just the script is powerful. But I am, I am a spoken word artist. So I'm a performance poet, which is different. I get to break a little more rules and cheat and forget. And people will know that I've forgotten my lines. <laughs> but I get to be comedic and dramatic in a way that allows my body to engage and my tonality and the voice and how I deliver, whether it's in my throat box or my diaphragm. And I can have fun with that. Um, and when I had the opportunity to read, and it wasn't my poems, I was, I was reading these, this this book, and it was just really interesting, short, sweet, but magnetic at the same time, very impactful. And I was like, ooh, I need to get this book. So that was a real great experience to be able to read that for the Literacy Quebec audience. And when I had the chance to do the speaking engagement to motivate them again, to know that you are creative, no matter what you've heard, to remove the preconceived notions that you were told about what creativity is or what writing or literacy is, and to honor your craft, honor the gift, even if you don't know it exists, just give yourself grace and be kind to yourself. And just let's open ourselves to the opportunity that you just might be. Because one of the exercises I show, no matter where, if I'm working with five-year-olds to 95-year-olds, I ask in the room or the auditorium and I say, how many people are here creative? With kids under the age of 10, hands go flying. Once they get to grade five, six, seven, eight, and then you ask an adult, oh, I used to draw. I used to read when I had time. Like these things of exploring and cultivating our imagination, it's like, it's a, it's a bird that's, it's fleeting. It's, it's gone. Right? right. And I think it's, it's wild to me when I do it. I'm like the younger ones. It's like, we're all creative, whether it's Lego blocks and drawing, they see it, they believe it because they're active minds. And we allow that to be fostered and we get older, self-doubt, limiting beliefs. And the same thing goes for opening books were too busy. Oh, right. that's a pastime. And, and this is where I want to cultivate and, and remind people. And I, I felt that audience received that and they felt inspired. And so it's to continue to explore what that is and reading other people's or exploring other people's creative outlets, you know, read, check the art, go to a museum, read a book, have fun, dive in and, you know, enjoy the journey. Yeah. I think, do you think, Rowan, is it, is it because we forget, like we obviously we we become adults and we get responsibilities and time, and do we, do we tend to f- forget, or we we yeah we, we do we do we forget what creativity can do for us in a positive sense throughout our lives because because we stop doing it uh, or we 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 make excuses for not being creative, whereas as a kid, obviously you're you're young, you, you don't have any responsibility, so to speak. And you're, you're kind of, like you say, we have active minds and so forth, but is it something that you have to make time to be creative as, as you sort of the more mature, as you get into adulthood, is it something that you have to make time for? I would say the first thing is many of us didn't know the, the definition or the impact of creativity. Yeah. What we understand creative to be is we look at it like play, but even play should still be in our lives. And you are correct. We don't make time. The roles, the different hats that we may wear as a parent, as a whether you're a parent or guardian or an educator, you work. And these things take precedence. We've somehow said that that takes a back burner. That is correlation to being lazy or I don't I can't afford to take time to explore. However, I remind people that 
Creativity is not something we forget. We're already doing it. If you're cooking, making a dish, if you're drawing, if you organize your desk, your locker, your home, you know, how we put our clothes together and matching certain things, that is creativity. Even packing the back of a car and you have so many things and you made it fit like a Tetris, <laughs> like, like a Tetris <laughs> yeah. game, that is also creativity. You know, you have that family member that has a knack. You're like, how are you able to do that? So just to see where creativity is and finding ways of doing things in a way that works, that's the solution part. And just finding that spark to bring it back, you know, gardeners, where they place things that we are creative beings, but we have separated what creativity looks like to us and what it truly is. It's our perception that's skewed. And again, not making time to just be creativity. That's why I call it a therapy of a, uh, of a lifetime. That is my outlet. The stage was a place where I found that I have a voice in a different way. And I was able to tap into emotions that I was ignoring literally for decades. But mm. yeah, creativity is an outlet. It is therapy. Um, it's something we've forgotten. We do, but we don't recognize it as creativity. There you go. What, what, what would be say one or two pieces of advice then that you would give to someone listening, for example, of you mentioned nature before you mentioned, you know, nature is, is, is possibly arguably the, 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 the greatest, greatest creativity of, of, of us all or, but what would two pieces of advice be to someone that you would give to get, get out and be creative or to, to activate this creativity, I guess you could say. I would definitely say first is honoring the craft, taking stock of things, impressions that have put, been put on you of what creativity means in the sense of like those preconceived notions, those rules of how you color, what color to use, don't color beyond the line. That's not how you write. It's not how you sing. You know, what have we been told about our writing? And maybe, oh, well, you know, I'm not good at it. And these lies that we've told ourselves or that people have told us, mm-hmm. removing those things and starting fresh to explore like a, you're new to this. Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes fun because when we come with our, our old understanding and our limiting beliefs, we kind of come we're like, I'm not sure. There's no rules. Have fun, free write, read, express, and you know, and just just really roll with it. So yeah, honoring your craft and starting fresh. Okay. What what would you say to people that say why is it that some people um tell others as in, you know, like you said, that's not how you write or that's not how you color in the like. I guess my two-part question, Rowan, is why why do some people, maybe in places of authority or or you know uh, education or what have you, in terms of their their teaching, they're saying like you know this is not how this is not how you do it or whatever that might might affect someone's creativity or what have you. It was going to be a two-part question, but then I think I'm turning it into one. <laughs> um, I, I guess yeah, why do people say those things and and um, if what 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 advice would you have for someone that that was told those things that is is struggling a little bit with their they're coming kind of um, oh, I'm not good at this or whatever they they're struggling with that sort of it. I think as human beings, one of the things we forget to be is the be in the being. We don't let things be. We don't know mm-hmm. how to be, and we're just always combing and judging things. I'm sure if uh, Van Gogh met Picasso, he'd be like, "Yo, what the hell is that?" <laughs> you, right. know I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's when I looked at, at, at Picasso's work, where I'm like, I, "I've done that in the back of my notebook." Like, you know, we have this again preconceived notion of what art is and how it should be, or a story, or how a writer is like. 
I don't like that author. You know, you ever go on Goodreads and you see people just criticizing what's the plot didn't make sense. And we attack and we're very good at that um, of combing things and breaking things down. But not everything is meant to be. And that's why creativity is just like you may like it. You may not. But try to, you know, just walk through it like nature. You Mm. might not like the cedar tree and you're more attracted to the maple. And that's okay. Walk by, honor it and move forward. Um, And why, why? How does it affect people? Uh, sorry, for those who are affected, how can we help them come back from it? Right. They have to take stock because we may not recognize it. So anytime I do a workshop or I have a class session or a presentation, I remind people to try to go back. And then the lot of them, oh, my goodness, I remember the moment because we move forward. We move on. Whether someone's like, that's not how you write, you know, the old school. It's like writing with your wrong hand. You know, I'm left handed. It doesn't matter. You write with your right hand. You hold a pencil like this. There's could be so many little things that has um, created a fear or an insecurity in creating when it comes to writing or even reading. Like I, uh, you know, those, you know, I know in the Caribbean, um, they have this expression, uh, a fowl is picking up grain, like you're a chicken picking up seeds and, and stop reading like that. So then that person might have this fear of ever reading out loud, mm. may not even want to read again. And so they may not realize that because they moved on. And then when you say, I want you to take stock, where and when was that moment? Who said such and such to you? It's usually a teacher, it's usually a parent, it's a friend. People close that you trust or who are in places of authority, positions of authority telling you that is not the way. Shut down. Right. And it's really, I don't want to say it's easy because sometimes for some people it might take a lot of therapy. But once they realize now there's an opportunity to say, okay, now we're cleaning that slate because that was wrong. That was a label. That was a judgment. You are honoring your craft. You have agency over this moment to say, I am here to create and I honor my gift. It's amazing. I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people with your words and, and you know, you're a living example of, of what, what it is that you're doing. It's amazing. To, I mean, I'm, I'm finding myself getting fired up, you know, excited mm-hmm. about, excited about going out there and, and um, you know, being in nature or just creating or putting stuff in the back of my car like Tetris. Or <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Jenga, Jenga. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's great role. Do you, hey, I guess before we let you go and then, and I know you've, you've probably got uh, plenty on your plate. Um, any, any future upcoming projects or any, anything that you've got going on that you want to, you want to let, let the audience know about? Sure. I mean, I'm always um, continuously creating um, experiences, if you will. Uh, I I like to think of myself as an event curator that can empower people to create, you know, to be inspired. And sometimes I would even say, you know, I'm a a creative evangelist. I want to go around and (laughs) baptize people in the name of creative literacy, you know, (laughs) in every aspect of it and uh, just share and just let people find that freedom because it's just like you see this, this thing that has become really trendy in the last, uh, I wouldn't say decade, but maybe the last five, six years is adult coloring books. You know, this became a boom. Um, another thing that I noticed is like, everyone's like journaling, gratitude journals, just write free pages. It helps your mind. But why did that ever stop? Why did it have to become a trend? But the good thing is, is that it has impacted people who are like, oh, I've never thought of that. Let me journal <laughs> or let me color. It was always there, but the, these trends or whoever started it allowed people to revisit. It's okay. So now that we put adults on the coloring book, it's safe to say, hey, I'm coloring on my break at work. We should have never stopped. 
Even mm. if you don't draw, whoever's listening, even if you don't paint, even if you don't write, even if you don't, all these things of, I don't do this. Even if you draw stickmen, get, have fun drawing those stickmen, you know, mm. write, rhyme, have fun. Yeah. That's awesome advice. I think because we maybe we get embarrassed about drawing the stick man mm-hmm. and we don't want anybody to sort of like point at it and go, ah, laugh or whatever. But <laughs> you know, I, I think I think maybe hopefully we understand that the person pointing or laughing or whatever has has maybe, you know, is, issues of their own, right? <laughs> so, you know, maybe just don't try try to understand that it's um it's some sometimes people kind of uh can hide their own pain or whatever they're going through in their life through, you know, laughing at others or what have you. But, but uh, like you say, own, own your craft and just keep moving through it and, and understand it. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Rowan, you're a pleasure. I, I, I guess, uh, is, are you coming up anywhere soon? Is, is there anything that, you, uh, any events that you, you're going um, to be um, speaking at risk coming up in the future? No, I did quite a bit in February and this month. Yep. Uh, well, I do have the regular ones where I sp- have the opportunity to speak at schools, um, Perfect. in different spaces in the evenings, just empowering, motivating young people. So it's by invitation. Uh, but other than that, my own personal projects is to continue writing and creating um, mixed media experiences. So having a photographer take portraits of people and telling their stories through poetry. All right. Beautiful. So and People look where- out, it's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So where, where can people find you? So do you have a, a website or, or um, social media, et cetera? So the beautiful thing about being a creative, sometimes you have to remove and innovate. So right now my website is under construction okay. down for the first time after seven years. Um, <laughs> right now on all the uh, social platforms, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, but I don't tweet. So you're better off with the Facebook and the Insta and LinkedIn. <laughs> awesome. And, and what's your handle? Is it at Rowan, at Rowan Higgins. Higgins, so at R-O-E-N-H-I-G-G-I-N-S on all three platforms. Awesome. Rowan, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to let you go and, and get out there and do what you do. Uh, oh, I'm going to catch some sun. That's what I'm going to get. Yeah, <laughs> it's go, beautiful go for it, go for it. Uh, and if you, all the listeners don't know this, but I'm coming in from Australia and Rowan's in Montreal uh, Canada yes. and uh, and so it's go and catch some sun rolling and I'm gonna uh, wait till the sun comes up so there you go <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> all right thank you so much for your time we'll, we'll definitely be in touch all right thank you you have a great one thank, thank you for you having too. me okay upcoming right. events okay. what That's great cool. interviews yeah it was awesome thanks Jamie it was fantastic yeah Cheers. we're so lucky to have those two on but first let's mm-hmm. get to our upcoming events let people know what's going on and first a reminder it's national indigenous history month and it's pride and we'll put some links in the show notes so you can learn more if you're not uh, familiar with those two big events happening this month and, and what else is we up? got we got drag story time is back y'all it's uh check out lq's facebook page for everything on there and uh if you're not on facebook uh i guess get onto our website or get onto uh or get a friend that's got facebook <laughs> because because jag story time we have uh i believe Uma god who mm-hmm. is just incredible and she is coming in to tell us stories and and she does it in such an amazing way uh, you guys got to check it out and Hopefully, um, if you don't have Facebook, like I say, we can we can get your recording or or something like that. Yeah, so reach you can out check to us. this out. Yeah. Reach out for sure. 
And Yamaska Literacy Council is hosting their annual Law for Literacy event. Again, check out their Facebook page or the website for more information on how to register or just you to got it. <laughs> exactly. And what what and Jamie, what is lob? I'm I'm guessing it's softball, right? It's similar to softball, I think. Yeah. Okay, it's just what I'm thinking. It's like lob, lob for lob for literacy. I guess it's involved a bat and a bowl and a, and a few yeah, mitts and exactly. base running and, and all that. And doing it all lobbing for literacy. So uh, yeah, for all for all you people that are fundraising what, sport event. Good call, yeah. Chris. That's yeah. <laughs> lobster. Are we eating lobster? What, oh, what are that'd we doing? be delicious. But no, I think it's lobster a sports for literacy. event. And uh, yeah, you're spot on with that. There'll be a bat and a ball and probably a diamond and you can get out there and join mm-hmm. the fun. You bet. Next up, we have uh, our friends over at Suspicious Fish are celebrating their launch of three new anthologies and a new film filled with stories from different generations of people from Southwest Montreal. And uh, you can order their new books on their website and check out their videos. So we'll actually put the link to that that event and uh, their website on the on the show notes, yeah, which basically, actually, Jamie, show yeah. notes means when you check out the podcast, like the, exactly. the writing stuff that we put in the, the episode. So. Exactly. If you're ever wondering what we were referring to, it's the, <laughs> the description of the podcast. You can find the links there. And uh, Suspicious Fish will have an event this uh, weekend on June 20th, sorry, June 18th. Uh, I don't know if the podcast will be up by then, but just yep. if, in case it is you're, and you're around Verdun, you can check out that event too. And, exactly. and hopefully on the yeah. next episode, basically, if, you, if, if you're listening to this and the event's already done, <laughs> we might even get some of the uh, participants in the readings of that mm-hmm. event onto our next episode. So just stay tuned for that. Yeah, stay tuned. And as always, the Literacy Helpline is available. It is a free service that provides information and support for tasks that require reading, writing and or digital literacy skills. Uh, you can call one 521 8181 for assistance and the lovely volunteers will help you out you there. Bet. You bet. And so so y'all check us uh, check us out at our website, uh, www.literacyquebec.org. And um, and thanks to our special guests, Linda Sparks and Ron Higgins. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for your effort and time to come on to the show and and mm-hmm. share with us and and uh, share with our guests and our and our listeners. Yeah, very and, much appreciated. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and thanks to Jerry Legault Jerry. for our awesome theme music. And of course, the whole LQ team for social media promotion, all the support and encouragement over the last couple of years with the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Check out season nine, episode six, our last episode for the season nine coming mm-hmm. out next uh, month, maybe in July. So, so yeah, stay tuned for that one. Yeah. So thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jamie. And everybody, subscribe, share our podcast, write to us at admin at literacyquebec.org. Send us a voicemail at 514-508-6805. You can check out our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram pages, our our handle, our username is at literacyquebec. Right on. All right, everybody. Over and out. Talk to you next time. Ciao.